Welcome, everyone, to podcast episode number 87 of Calling in the Power Ring. I'm your co-host, Matt Turner. With me, as always, the other co-host, my good friend from the team, Team Blue and Gold, the fastest man alive, Andy Hatter. How's it going? And Flash. How are we doing? Sir? Zoom, I just said that because I have my, I, I, I was like, usually I'm just looking at something to give you your, your nickname, I'm like, and I'm like, oh, my shaker bottle uh, that I'm looking at is the Flash. So, <laughs> there you go. There we go. How about it? I'm doing good. I'm getting a little sick, but I'm feeling a little bit better now. So I was just getting ready to say too. Yesterday, before we recorded, I was a little bit sick. So I'm like, oh man, Heather's gonna have to carry the podcast. But then when I go down, I only go down for a few hours just because I do so much cardio. I sweat anything out. So basically, that's what I did. I came home and I'm like, ah, I'm just gonna lay on the couch. And uh, Amber, Amber's been on uh, hospital duty. My father-in-law has been in the hospital for the past few days. So. I've had to play the role of both mom and dad, which is fine. That's, you know, not not a problem. But it's just like doing all the extra stuff. So instead of, like, my day started at like quarter to four. Mm-hmm. And then I'm usually done. Like, me and then I'm kind of, I can kind of relax around 5, 30, 6 o'clock. But it's been like 7, 7, 30, 8 o'clock. So oh, I came home and I'm like, yeah, Lil, uh, you're going to hate your own dinner. You're going to do the dishes. Dad's laying on the couch. <laughs> Here's some money. Go buy food. <laughs> so she, well, Amber, she prepped the, she, when she came home the other day, she made a whole bunch of food and she's like, here, instead of you cooking, I, I just prepped some stuff for yeah, you. So this way you guys can just microwave. I'm really yeah. 15 years old, but she yeah, knows she what she needs now, to do. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, oh, you know what you need to do. You know what you need to study. Just go. So, so that's what, and then, uh, Amber came home. I don't know what time I was like in and out of sleep. And then I just remember it was like 1230. I was on the couch and I was like, Oh, I'm going to get up in three hours to go to the gym. I'm not going to go upstairs to wake Amber up to get up three hours later. And yeah. I woke up and I was awful energy. I slept like 10, 11 hours. Wow. So. Yeah. Sometimes when you're sick, all you can do is just, you don't feel like doing anything. Just lay there and you're in and out of it. And you're half like, like when I like I have the fever, it's just like I'm sleeping, and then I'm just like, oh, I get up, and I go, it's just it's like a waste of a day. But what can you do, you know? Yeah, that I drank a whole bunch of tea, and I think I had like a half a bowl of oatmeal too. I think that's somewhere that's I woke it, up in it. between. Like Lily made me tea, and then when Lily went to bed, Amber's like, oh, here I made you some tea, and I'm like, oh, Lily already did, but who cares? Yeah. yeah. So I did watch, I did put YouTube on on the PlayStation, which is nice because you know you have everything on remote, so you don't have to oh, get yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. So I want to watch some old school Noah. So I just had to Noah 05 and the, the last Noah Dome show. I'm like, oh, man, I haven't seen this in a long time. And that's when they put like 60,000 people in the Dome. There's a match between uh, Katamira, you know, the guy that's in Suzuki Goon. He was like, I think he's still maybe the longest reigning junior champion in Noah history. So this is like Prime, Prime Katamura mm-hmm. and Kenta. It's like they basically did like how like the New Japan used to do it, where it's like they have a bunch of preliminary matches. And then they put like the five or six main matches on like right in a row. Okay. So it's just like the crowd is just like up, you know, you know, politely applauding the first three or four matches. Yeah. It, yeah and then respect. you know, yeah. And then they start with the Global Honor Crown Junior Champion. And I'm just trying to remember. I remember the main event was Misawa and Kawada. That's when they when they finally when Kawada finally agreed to come over to work a shot for Noah. And then the match that stole the show was the Chop Fest with Suzuki, um, and our side, not Suzuki, Kensei, Sasuke, and Kabashi. That's when they did chapter like 87 times. <laughs> but I was like, oh, I said, what's the junior match? And it was Kenta versus Katamira. I'm like, oh, I remember this match. And there is, I have to send you the link to, I mean, the show's like four hours long. So, but I got to send you a link to at least the match because there's this great shot when Kenta does the Baisako knee. Not only does he drill Katamira in the face with it, but like they show the replay. And when mm-hmm. they do, they show the whole entire top deck of the dome. I mean, it's lit really, really well. 
the whole entire top of the dome is full. And I was like, man, like yeah. you nowadays you don't even see the Tokyo Dome that full just because they scaled it back. Yeah, but that's such a cool shot for so many different reasons. Yeah, that's crazy. And then Noah was doing that great. That that's awesome. Sixty thousand. Yeah. It's like I don't know if they got yeah. sixty thousand this year. I mean, maybe for both days combined, but not one single day for Russell Keaton. No, I think it was like 40 and 30. But we'll get into the Noah stuff later. I kind of just want to touch base real quick. He's kind of on the Kobe Bryant stuff. Obviously, everybody knows who he is. I know that you're not a sports fan, yeah, but I'm sure so I, it's I been all over next news. To nothing. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely tragic. So I kind of just wanted to share a story. I consider myself a very hardworking person. I bust my tail from the moment I get up to the moment I go to bed. And I find, like, I always like reading, like, like reading and hearing other people's stories of how hard they're working on. I think it'd be something completely else. I have a friend of mine. She's a producer. So she works hard, harder than I do. I listen to like, you know, what Arnold used to do for weightlifting, mm-hmm. what other wrestlers used to do. So I heard this story when Kobe Bryant retired from basketball, like three or four years ago. Now the story is told by Phil Jackson, who was his coach when he was on the Lakers. Okay. Phil Jackson was also Michael Jordan's coach. So he has, he has 11 rings, six with the Bulls and five with the Lakers. Wow. So he said when he first, he said when he first got the coaching job at the Lakers, practice would start at 10 o'clock. And Phil would roll into the Lakers practice facility around 8 o'clock just to get there early. And when he got there the first day, he noticed this Chevy Suburban that was in the parking lot. It was the only other car. He's like, God, that's odd. So around 8.30, quarter, 9, Kobe comes walking in. They start talking about basketball, yada, yada, yada. And then, you know, half an hour, 45 minutes later, the rest of the team shows up. It's 10 o'clock. They have their practice. Second day, Phil Jackson pulls in, 8 o'clock. SUV, same SUV is, is there, different parking spot. That's weird. A half hour, 45 minutes later, Kobe Bryant walks in and they, you know, start talking. And, you know, again, half an hour, hour after that, the rest of the team pulls in. Third day, SUV is there. So Phil Jackson's like, what? Like, this, whose is this? Because it's not in the same spot. So he pulls up to it and he looks inside. It's Kobe Bryant sleeping. So he knocks on the window and he goes, what are you doing? He goes, I get this is what Kobe Bryant does. This was his routine. Practice starts at 10. I get here. He got there at 5 o'clock in the morning, oh my God. would work out by himself to 7, 7.30, take an hour nap. Then him and Phil Jackson would talk about schemes mm-hmm. for half an hour to an hour until anybody else started. He would show up at practice five hours early wow. for extra work. That's crazy. So you always hear people that people that sit on the couch that have no motivation to do anything and don't give credit to anybody where it's like, that guy was blessed with size. That guy was blessed with this. That guy's blessed with that. And maybe some people are blessed being six, 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 seven. Mm-hmm. Some people are blessed with good genetics. But here's Kobe Bryant, who never played a lick of college basketball because he went right from high school to the NBA. One of the greatest basketball players of all time showed up five hours early, uh, early to practice every day yeah, to work, work his ass off. So yeah, so there was some some God given skills there. But there was a lot, if not more, was just you know him just pounding and pounding on his craft. And to me, that always stuck with me. Wow, yeah, I never heard that. Obviously, I, mean, I know next to nothing about sports. So. You wouldn't have known. Yeah. You wouldn't be like, oh, there's Phil Jackson. Yeah, I, I, I would say, if you say who's Phil Jackson, I would say Michael Jackson's dad. That's what I would have said. Yeah. But, yeah, that, that's, that's, that's well, crazy I just work, want, I think. I just want to share that That's share why that it was story, really so. good, you know? Yeah, that's just crazy. So just go show you. Just go out there and work your ass off. Yeah. And if you want something, you got to work for it. Absolutely. Like, you know, Ar- like Arnold Schwarzenegger always says, everyone says, oh, they need eight hours of sleep. And Arnold's like, no, you only need six. He's like, just teach your body to sleep faster. That gives you two to three hours extra per day. And he's right. There you go. Yeah. Arnold says, if Arnold yeah. says it, it's got to be true. You know, I only get probably on average around six. So Yeah, I'm between like about five or six. I, I mean, got I'll, too much stuff. I mean, I'll tr- yeah, I'll try and take a nap like after work sometimes. But 
I mean, to sleep eight hours and people that sleep ten hours, like that, that's a major waste in my mind. Yeah, I got way too much to do. Yeah. Like, now, let me ask you this. Do you set an alarm or you just wake up on your own? No, I usually have my alarm set. Uh, sometimes I get up on my own. Like, cause once, you, once you get up the same time every day, your body kind of gets used to it. And sometimes you get up and sometimes my cat wakes me up too. So I'm usually always up. Like, once in a while I hear the alarm, but usually I'm always up a little bit before, a couple minutes. Yeah, and I, I set my alarm on my early workout days, which are five days a week. I set my alarm for 10 to 4, but I usually wake up like 20 to 4. Or 15 minutes or, or a quarter to. So I always get up before my alarm. I can't remember a time that my alarm has actually gone oh, off. Wow. And it's, it's for two reasons. One, I'm just excited to start the day. Excited to get my stretch. I'm excited to get my pre-workout. And I'm excited to go to the gym. I'm really generally excited to get the day. And two, the main reason I don't want to wake up my wife when she doesn't have to get up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially her, days are, her days are, are as long yeah. as mine. So Yeah. But Andy had it. These, the, the the listeners did not tune in to hear about our sleep patterns. They tuned in to hear us the, talk the, about the, 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 the weekend sleep, that was wrestling. Yeah, now, did you get to, obviously we'll, we'll, we're going to get in the crux of the Royal Rumble? Did you get a chance to watch the NXT show? I I only watched the main event of the what, what was like NXT Worlds One Worlds Collide or whatever it was called. So I, yes. I only caught the main event. I didn't get to watch anything else, but I heard it was really good. And I, I when I get some time, I'm gonna try to watch the rest of it. And I did not see the when, NWA pay per view either. So that was Friday night. Uh, you're well. You're a busy man. You had two shows this week. Yeah, right? yeah. Friday so Sunday. yeah. So I was, I was a little busy. So that's why I didn't really have any time. Well, I will say this: when you do have about twenty twenty five minutes, you definitely need to watch the tag match between Mustache yeah. and DIY because that was by far the best thing on this whole weekend. Yeah, I heard that was the uh, the match of the night for uh, NXT and, and the best match all weekend, which you know easy. And then I heard Finn versus uh, Dragonoff was very good, and um, well, the, the Matt Riddle and Pete Dunn match it was regular they that was on wednesday oh it was wednesday okay well i heard that was good so there i'm blended into me oh yeah the, the pay-per-view was tony storm versus rhea ripley and then uh what was the other there was two tag matches in the pay-per-view Not there was the four-way oh the four yeah that's right the Jordan, jordan devlin one yeah that was probably the second best thing oh, nice. uh, so, so they did now i would say this balor and dragon started off and when I, I like it when I see this. I remember Ronda and Sasha Banks at last year's Royal Rumble had this problem and they overcame it, where their timing was just off in the beginning. So it's mm-hmm. just like, and you know from you wrestling as long as you have, sometimes you have that timing off in the beginning. You're like, oh no, all the stuff we have planned off, it's just going to be a hair too fast, a hair too short. We're not going to be in the right positioning in the ring. And it's like the domino effect where nothing's going to yeah. go right. And I saw Ronda and Sasha, they corrected it. And this match had it too. There were like two or three spots the first four or five minutes where they just something was just mistimed. And it's something that like I, I Amber was watching it with me and I was like, Oh, that was off. And she couldn't even pick it up. But us as wrestlers, like we can pick it up. Cause I always say like timing and ring positioning and footing is something that's so important, especially when you have two athletes like that. And about by about minute four, minute five, everything got corrected and they had a phenomenal last eight or nine minutes. But I thought that the uh Ballard Dragon Up match was great. I'm oh, a nice. huge fan of Ilion Dragon Up. Yeah, I have only seen him maybe once or twice. But I definitely want to watch that, though. Yeah, definitely a chance to watch that. And then, obviously, the next match was the the tag match with DIY and Mustache Mountain, which we were both shocked that uh, we basically thought that Mustache Mountain would win because they figured we'll keep the tag team, you know, the tag team that's together, keep them with a win. But maybe they was just a yeah. big win that maybe Gargano. Well, it makes sense for Gargano and Champa to win because now on the NXT, the next takeover, Gargano is having a special singles match with Balor. And Champ is challenging Adam Cole for the heavyweight title. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, keep them strong into their next feuds. But 
Yeah, either way, it could have went. Yeah. No, I did not get a chance. To, I only saw the ending of the women's match, which obviously Rhea Ripley hit the riptide on Tony Storm. And I only saw bits and pieces. I think I was getting ready for church on Sunday because we both had shows on Saturday. So I was getting ready. Yeah, I was getting ready for church on Sunday. I only caught bits and uh, pieces of in-between of Imperium versus the Undisputed Air. But you watched the whole match. Yeah, it was pretty good. What's his name? Uh, Alexander Wolf got knocked out by... Bobby Fish in the very beginning, like he was, they must have been three minutes, maybe at the most five minutes into it, and then he was they took him out. So for the whole match, it was four and three. Just, can you imagine that they planned the whole match out? Uh, I'm sure he had some stuff to do, and they kind of just uh, on the fly like edited him out and uh, kind of just uh, balanced it out where you know the Walter or, or Marcel Martel would just get up on them to balance the whole four and three. But it it was it was a very good match. Well, you think, I think Drake Younger was the referee because I thought I heard like Meltzer or somebody saying like kudos to him on like, hey, he's hurt. He can't continue. Get him out. So you think about it. You got, you got, now you have obviously a a missing piece of the puzzle gone. And as you're saying, three, four minutes in. So that just goes to show you how the other eight pieces. So you have, you know, obviously the other three guys in Imperium and the Undisputed Era and the referee, how they were able to cover it up. And I guess what you're saying is they were able to cover up pretty well. Yeah. Like at certain parts, I'm like, oh, yeah, it still is four and three, but you weren't. Like, it, it didn't seem like, oh, this is four guys beating the hell out of three guys. Like, it was still back and forth. And, you know, some people were like, well, I can't 4v3. Well, you know, putting the spot they're in, you can't blame them. But it was still pretty good. And uh, I forget, Walter hits a... Does he hit the power bomb? I can yeah, see the... I, the power bomb, but he hit, he hit the splash, yeah. And then he hit that power bomb at the end. And, like, you know, he stacked them up and, like, went on top of them. But it, it, it was a, a very good match. And they were chanting, this is awesome. So I was like, wow, this is, this is a pretty good match. Which makes it kind of makes you want to see Walter versus uh, Adam Cole singles matches. I think that's what, what you're going to say. I just don't see them taking the belt off Adam Cole. No, I just either. don't. And well, Walter Walter's UK champion, right? Yeah. So yeah, then maybe so, they'll yeah. do something where it might be like title for title. Maybe it ends in like a draw or something. Yeah, I can see that. And that way they don't have to flip the belts. But yeah, it, it, it was a good match. I really enjoyed it. And it was it was, so, it was like like you you didn't notice that. Okay, like. One, one, like these three guys are getting a little bit more like in because they don't have a fourth guy. Like, it, it's it flowed that well that you didn't notice. So I was like, wow, they're all really good. And what's his name? Uh, I don't. I, I get that Marcel Bartel and uh, Fabian Eichner are confused because they're both they, they look kind of the same. They yeah. also have like the same build. Yeah, they have like the same gear. One of them did this like springboard splash to the outside that was insane. He got so high, like it was just like. Kind of like the triple jump, up, like like uh, Sabu, like he jumps on the one rope and then off the other, and like everyone else was outside. I was like, he got insanely high. I think it's Marcel Bartel, but I'm not sure. So I was like, whoa! It was so there was some some good some good stuff. Huh? And Walter, Walter gave uh, a chopped Adam Cole, just like on uh, NXT, where it's like boom, it's like ooh. He throws those chops real hard. Yeah. I got I got to find the show. I you may even have it because I know I gave you a bunch of. PWG DVDs like a year and a half ago and again take your time I have enough stuff it was All-Star Weekend it might have been like the first time they brought Walter in and I knew him from WXW okay. Germany because he was Big Van Walter and I remember in the I think it was the strong no it was the 16 karat gold tournament he beat uh, a Brian Danielson this is like when Brian Danielson was like coming off his Ring of Honor title run he beat him in like the semifinals mm. and I was like wait what He, I mean I never heard of him before I'm like obviously this guy's gotta be good yeah he, he was big Van Walter wow. and he almost had like the Vader gear really so then That's I funny. yeah so then I, 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 so he they brought him into PWG for All-Star Weekend it was like two or three years ago and he wrestled Zack Sabre 
And I remember I was reading like the Observer or something. They're like, it was the best match. It was it got five stars. I think three or four matches in history of PWG got five stars, and that that got one. And it was literally. I remember going and I'm like, man, I don't know how that's gonna work. Cause Saber's like the submission guy, and Walter's just like this big like. I'm like, all right, well, Dave said it's five stars. You know, I'm gonna watch it regardless. But there's a chop that happens in the match that I was just and Saber by no means is like a thick guy. I was like, no. oh my god, I thought he was gonna have a heart attack because <laughs> he hit collapsed. him so hard. <laughs> it's like, oh, it knocked the wind out of you. I'm sure he has yeah. knocked the wind out of other guys. Because some of them chops he feels, it. it's like, ooh. That's what I'll do tomorrow on my uh, my day off. I'll go look to see if you don't have it, and I'll. I'll bring it up. I'll bring it when uh, for on the fifteenth for when okay, I see a yeah, backbreakers. Yeah, should be good. And the uh, big eight man tag we're going to do. Yes. Oh, I I forgot to tell you. I'll just tell. I guess I'll tell you on the air. Amber got us a fancy bin, so we can put. We have. We oh. have. We have, right now we have all of our merchandise on one thing. Oh, okay, nice. That works. Yeah, and she, and she organized it and everything for us. So oh, good. Yeah, that, that's awesome. You know her organize, yeah. organization skills are like Donna Reed for anybody that's old out there. <laughs> I you know I don't even know who Donna Reed is so. Yeah, I, I I guess you didn't watch Nick at Night back in your younger days. Is, is Donna Reed? Oh, hold on. So Nick at Night—that's a clue. Is she uh, Dick Van Dyke's wife in the I show? I think it was just. I think it might have been. I think it His might have been the Donna Reed show, or oh, maybe okay. it was Dick Van Dyke. I I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, drawing straws here. Anyway, let's get to the Rumble. Now, I, did you get a chance to watch? The, I know you had no interest in the opener, which was Baron Corbin yeah, and, and Roman Reigns. Yeah, did you get a chance to watch it? No, I didn't watch that one at all. And I didn't watch the pre-show, but who did? <laughs> I didn't either, and I was off work. What was I doing? We had Sunday dinner with my in-laws, and Amber made this fantastic chicken parm, so Ooh, I loaded myself up with chicken parm. So I will say this. Now, I did watch, I did come home about five minutes before it started. And Booker T seen, Booker T was doing the pre-show, mm-hmm. and he was just getting—he he was just walking up and down like the aisle way, and he was just excited to be there because he's from Houston. It was in Houston where the Astros play, so that was really cool. Anywho, so the match starts, and I've always wondered if they're going to—if it was too much, too quick with Roman, like when he came back from the leukemia thing. I always said he should not have beaten Drew McIntyre at WrestleMania last year. No, we we, we yeah. both hold still to that, like I. You know, they're going to shove him back down everybody's throats after the, the leukemia thing where if they did a slow burn, maybe he'll get to where Vince needs to. So Roman comes out and he gets a pretty big pop. I'm like, well, OK, because we both thought Roman was winning the Rumble. I yeah. think even Amber picked. I think the majority of people thought Roman was winning the Rumble. So I was like, OK. So he comes out against a decent pop. He's having this match with Corbin. I'm thinking, is Vince so smart that this whole Corbin thing has been sho- – I mean, he's the most shoved down throat heel – They've had in a long time. Think about it. He first of all, he's picked last year at this time. He's picked uh, Angle. His hand picked him to be his final opponent. We're like, really, Kurt yeah. Angle, oh. a legend, one of the greatest of all time. And then he beats him, and then he wins the King of the Ring. And so it's like, man, we're really, really, and he basically is feuds with Seth Rollins after Rollins wins the title. And it's just like, kind of really took some of the steam out of Seth Rollins. Yeah. It's like, man, they're really shoving down his throat. Like, was this all like? Was this Alvin's idea? Like, we're gonna get we're gonna get Corbin so hot, like in a bad way, and then we're gonna feed him to Roman. So this way, the crowd has no choice but to cheer for Roman. I'm like, maybe that's maybe I said, I'm I'm sitting here thinking this, and I'm like, man, maybe Vince is you know way smarter than we give him credit to be because they're having the match, and it was a pretty good match. And by I know you're not gonna go back and watch it. If you're gonna go back and watch any match, watch the tag match. Yeah. And just they're fighting in the crowd. It reminded me of old ECW. And again, it's in this baseball stadium. The crowd just going nuts for Roman. You know, he, he's uh, everybody's high fiving. And the finish was awesome. He basically 
runs like 15 feet and spears Corbin. And Corbin takes a bump on the dugout. Like the finish happened on the Astros okay. dugout. I'm like, I tell you what, man, that's, that's cool. cool. Yeah. I'm like this. Uh, my expectations for this match were low. They exceeded it. By no means was it Okada Tanahashi, but I'm like, this was a fun match. And I'm like, okay, the Roman's going to win. I'm dead on now Roman's going to win this Rumble because they, they did exactly what they wanted to do. Roman's not getting booed. So I thought the match the match was fun, and we it, both got that one right. It, it went a little long, 21 minutes, which is like, ooh, I don't know if I would have went that long. But I mean, you know, yeah, maybe they could have cut up. It was a lot of old ECW brawl. Yeah, at the Royal Rumble, everyone wants to watch the Rumble, so you're kind of in that predicament where it's like, yeah, we just want to see the Rumble. I mean, now we get two, but still, you know, that's that's the problem with every Royal Rumble. It's like, we want to watch the Rumble. We don't really care about their matches. So you got to – it's a tough spot. Yeah. So then we get to the Women's Royal Rumble, and it starts off with Alexa Bliss and Bianca Belair. Yeah. And I thought that both – I mean, Alexa was in there a long time. I thought Bianca was kind of the MVP of the Rumble. Yeah, I thought she was too. She was she, – what, she eliminated seven people, and then I guess uh, Shayna tied it then when she came in at the end. But I, I was like, oh, Alexa ain't going to stay in there long. But Alexa was in for like 23, 25 minutes, something like that, maybe even 27 she was into like number what, fourteen around there. I think she does a really good job too as a baby face, which I knew she was going to. I mean, how do you boo Alexa Bliss? Yeah, and then she comes out and she's so hot. You're like, oh my god. So, not only that, but there, it's all over the internet. You can just search where. I mean, I heard her on Jericho's podcast a couple years ago when she was like, "I'm not like that person at all. I'm just completely opposite." Like she's she competed in a whole bunch of the Arnold Classics back in the day and was yeah. like a world class gymnast. But if you go and just like Google Alexa Bliss with fans, there's countless of either Q and A's at Comic Cons or at Comic Cons where like all these young girls go up to Alexa and Alexa gives them advice and she's like, you know, be whatever you want to be, you know, don't let anybody tell you to squash your dreams. People told me no all the time. I couldn't do this. I couldn't do that. You know, now I'm on that. You know, and she just get like, and it's not like she does it in front of a camera. It's like an act, a actual like phone of somebody recording of her just giving great advice to. To like men and women so it's just like how are you going to boo her for several several reasons so i think uh come after wrestlemania season i really think that they should they should push her back to the top of the card yeah i, th- I think they probably will too i guess for wrestlemania they're kind of like well we got charlotte with and well we think Rhea and then Shayna. so hey, she's kind of like you know the second string right now but she did pretty well here i thought and it was cool that uh bianca came out second and got as much in as she did i was like good for her that's kind of a star making performance for bianca Belair. Yeah, absolutely, and, and it makes sense because if you take a look at the NXT TakeOver card, the match I'm looking forward to the least would have been Bianca Belair and Rhea Ripley because you know Rhea is going to retain, Yeah, and, it's, and she still is, but it's just like this was brilliant booking because now it's on a bigger stage. You know, she's wrestling in front of 40,000 people. How many about, you know, probably about a million people saw this on the network, and she just got a huge push in the Rumble, and then it's like, you know, somebody who's never seen Bianca Belair is like, where can I see her next? Oh, uh, take over. She's challenging Rhea Ripley, you know, for the women's title. Yeah, you know, no, great. You know, tune into that. Yeah, then, and then Molly Holly was in. She, she looked all right, but she was Mighty Molly, which I'm like, eh, that gimmick's not that different. But uh, then Charlotte came out, what, 15? And she started without. Then it's when it was down to just uh, Alexa and uh, Bianca and Charlotte came out, I believe. I will say this, Andy Head. I had epiphany halfway through this. I realize that I have to watch WWE completely different. You know, you always hear sports entertainment, sports entertainment. I always agree with Jim Cornette on this. It's sports entertainment, an entertaining sport. And how I watch it, to me, it's an entertaining sport. Because, God damn it, I take my wrestling serious. I love wrestling more outside of my family more than anything in the world. But it's just like, you know what? This is, but 
WW, New Japan, Pro Wrestling, NOAH, NXT, AEW to that is an entertaining sport. WWE to me is sports entertainment. I was thoroughly, thoroughly entertained by this Royal Rumble. I know some people are like, oh, this Rumble was terrible. It's the worst women's Royal Rumble. I'm like, first of all, it's only the third, so calm down. Yeah. Second of all, I was thoroughly entertained. Like, Naomi comes out. I forgot about her. She does the Kofi spot, which then makes sense because there was no Kofi spot in the men's Royal yeah, Rumble. I thought maybe that spot to took a little little too long, but it was still cool. I, I, I thought the, overall the women's Rumble was, was pretty good. I mean, a lot of the NXT people didn't really... The WWE crowd doesn't know him. Like, uh, Candace got an all right pop. Like, Shotzi Blackheart came out, which was really cool. But, like, no people didn't really know her. But she's only been on NXT for, what, two weeks? So some of the NXT people didn't really fare so well, but it's not their fault. Well, they did a callback, too, when Shayna came out. Uh, Shanti Blackheart the week before in the the Battle Royal almost elim- eliminated Shane and they basically almost did like the same spot. <laughs> yeah. I was like, ah, I get it. Yeah, that was I pretty cool it. they did that. That was that was a cool little tie-in. I was just thinking about this. Now, I think we both had Ronda. No, you had Shayna winning. I had yeah. Ronda winning. And then obviously Ronda didn't come out. Once yeah. Once it got to 29, I'm like, that's ah, got to be Shayna. They need Shayna in the spot. Yeah. And we, you kind of knew Charlotte was going to win. Which, there, was, there was no round, yeah, which I'm, makes sense. I'm all right with Charlotte winning because you know she they they wanted to be the one that like the woman that done everything, so she has to get that Royal Rumble win under. Her. And then how about Beth Phoenix's head bleeding? I don't even know what what she got caught with. I found out it was. Do you remember the G1 final with Omega and Naito, where Naito wins, where they do that spot where like Naito DDT'd Kenny's head? They're both standing on the top rope, and Ken uh, Naito DDT'd Kenny's head onto the post. Okay. It was like something like like. Um, she was on the top rope doing something, but her back was towards the post, and she was get, taking punches, and she was selling her head back. Oh, I she... remember I looked at Amber, and I said, you better watch out for that post, or she's going to Omega Nido herself. And then it turns out that that's – I went back and watched it. turns out that's what it was. Wow. Like, I guess what really I like, She basically, like, kicked her own ass. Wow, yeah, because she was being, like, crazy. I know the refs were on her, but still, it was like Ric Flair in the 80s. Her, her blonde hair was all red in the back. I was like, Wow. And she stayed in there. I mean, maybe because she was Final Four. I mean, that stupid spot with Santino, which I'm like, yeah, I, I don't want that. That was the only, if I could change one thing about, it, I would have took the Santina Santino thing out because I was like, this is dumb. And like, imagine if you're one of the girls in the back, and like, he gets a spot, and I don't like the iconics. Not that the iconics are great, but you know, I, I was just, I was literally just thinking about that yesterday. I'm like, you know what? I just hit me, yeah, I just hit me Thursday. This was, you know, four or five days out. I'm like. Were the iconics? They yeah. weren't in this at all. I don't think they've been on TV in a, in a while. I mean, not that I watch SmackDown religiously. I think they're still on SmackDown, but I haven't seen them on TV in quite a while. Yeah, I mean, they're not great in the ring, but no. their gimmick is crazy. Yeah. Over like where they talk on the way down the ring. I think that's hilarious. Yeah, they have a good gimmick. It's just that they're not not so great in the ring. But hey, it was a tag team just tagging it out. But yeah, yeah overall, so... the women's Rumble was pretty good. I liked it. Yep. Totally agree with you, sir. Totally agree. Uh, let's keep it moving. And that one here. was uh, it went almost an hour, fifty-four minutes. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then ba- yeah, and I, I was gonna say up next was Bailey versus Lacey Evans, I and mean, that's the match I thought that was a little bit, a little boring, kind of a stinker. Well, I will say this. Now, I was going to take my quote-unquote nap during this match. I'm like, <laughs> okay, great. But I was just so excited after the women's rumble that I just I couldn't sneak it in. But I thought this match was per- now. If you were to watch just this match by itself, yeah, it's a stinker. But if you watch it in the placement of the match, it makes sense. By no means was it great, but by no means was it bad. I just thought it was, you know, good. So like the, it, it had the long heat where Bailey had Lacey in the. She's wearing her down with the headlock, wearing her down, wearing her down, wearing her down, and she's like, you know, putting her body weight on her to wear her down. And then the finish made sense because Lacey goes for the moonsault. Bailey puts the knees up and then pins her. I'm like, 
the psychology of that match was perfect because, you know, she's wearing her down with the headlock. She's trying to take her air out of her. She goes for her big move, which is off the top rope. Bailey gets the knees up. So now the wind's out. So instead of Bailey picking her up and doing something, she's going to go right for the cover. So I thought I thought this, the placement of this card was perfect. And I thought this match was per- perfect for right after the Rumble. Yeah, a little. It's, it's a tough spot for anybody to be after whatever Rumble if the guys or girls went first. But, like, I don't know. I just... I had, I had trouble getting through it. It was nine minutes, and it felt like it was 19 minutes. Yeah, it was by far the weakest match yeah. of the show, but it was, it, 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 the placement of it was perfect, and I, and I really liked the finish. The finish was very clever. So, And then uh, the, the next match, though, I did enjoy. So that was uh, The Fiend, Bray Wyatt versus Daniel Bryan in the, in the strap match. And what did they say? It was 19 years since the last strap match or something like that? I guess I guess was it... <coughs> How did I sneeze there? Oh, was sure. the last strap match... Uh, I know, I think there may be nine years, because obviously it was Savio Vega versus Steve Austin, but there must have been another one. Let me see if Wikipedia says I know, well, I know we talked about last week on the podcast, JBL and Daniel Bryan had a strap match for JBL won oh, the title. Oh, okay. So that would probably be the last one. So maybe it was like nine years, they said. They said on commentary. I was like, oh, wow, how about that? But there isn't that many strap matches on WWE, if you think about it. No, and this one was different, because I'm like, oh, they're going to do, they have to touch the four corners, so this way when Bryan loses, he gets to keep his heap. But then they announced before them, I mean... I watched SmackDown. I don't remember them announcing this, saying, no, it's only pin or submission. And I think I texted you as soon as this match was over, and I'm like, don't get me wrong. Bray Wyatt did his you know, his job real well. He plays his gimmick as the new Undertaker really well. He's very good in the ring. But that goddamn, that Daniel Bryan, he is so good. Yeah. He is so this match was uh, this match was very good, but he took it very good to excellent. I think I, I thought this was the best match on the show. Yeah, I, I think I would I would agree. I mean, he was taking a beating with that strap too. You could see all over his back, everything, and and thank God no red light, which everyone hates. And, yes, and someone made yes. a good point on on one podcast. Listen to me. They said, well, if there was the red light, you wouldn't be able to see the marks on his back from the strap. So hopefully that's not the reason. I mean, maybe they thought of that, but hopefully the reason that they got rid of the red light is because everyone hates it. <laughs> But uh, yeah, and still, I I didn't think uh, the fiend looked any worse in regular light. So I, I, it, was, it was a good match. Uh, the, the, I thought the finish a little, little weird. That it was kind of out of nowhere. The choke slam, Mandible Claw. I'm okay with that. But uh, other than that, it was, it was a very entertaining match. It went 17 minutes, which it did, that one didn't feel like it was 17 minutes because I guess no, you're I, invested in it. No, I did. I did buy. I was like, I'm 90 percent sure, sure the fiend's gonna win. But I did bite on the falsy where he put him in the yes lock yeah. and wrapped the oh, thing around yeah, that, his throat and his in his in his mouth. I'm like, oh man, well, if, that well this is a cool. way for the fiend to lose his first match. This is a good way for yeah. him to lose. And they're trying, they're doing a little more where the fiend isn't like not as uh, unstoppable. He's not no selling as much, so it's kind of more more believable that you're gonna he's gonna get beat. Yeah, thoroughly enjoyed this. And then we get to another match that I thoroughly enjoyed: Becky and Oscar. I thought, yeah, I, I like this one. It was pretty good. I, not as good as the strap match. It almost as long. So the strap match went 17.35. This one went 16.25. But, it, it, again, it didn't feel long. And then uh, the finish was kind of cool where uh, Asuka's going to spit the mist, and Becky kicks her, and she spits up in the air, <laughs> and then she takes her down. So that, that was kind of cool. But I didn't I didn't think Asuka was going. I, I, I think we both said Becky was going to keep it. Yeah, in all my years of watching people do the mist, whether it was Kabuki, Muda, Tajiri, I don't remember ever seeing somebody where they went to go do the miss and they got kicked in the gut. And I'm yeah. like, that is the simplest thing. And I don't, I don't know why I've never seen it before or nobody else is there. I'm sure it's, I'm, even maybe it's out there. But yeah, I enjoy. I thought the match from last year's Rumble was a little bit better, but I, I really enjoyed this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was good. And uh, Kyrie was there. She didn't do too much, though. I, I don't know if she's still technically, remember she got messed up in that match. I don't know if she's wrestled since. 
She did do a big spot on Monday. Oh yeah, I did watch okay, her on yeah. Monday, which was excellent. Oh, she was in the Rumble. What am I saying? Yeah, so she's she must be okay. But she didn't do too much in this match. But that's all right because you don't want the outside. Oh, outside. I'm glad you brought it up. Actually, if I'm gonna nitpick, the only thing I didn't like in the Rumble is that Kari was in it like 90 seconds. I had her in yeah. my final four. Yeah, she was kind of in and out. I, I'm looking at the list too, and like so a lot of the NXT girls, like Dakota Kai was in it for like a hot minute, and then Chelsea Green came out and eliminated her, and like I don't. I don't know. I don't really care for Chelsea Green. I don't like. I liked her her uh, hot mess gimmick, but this new one and that I, what's his name, Robbie. I I cannot stand Robbie at all. So yeah, you're not a fan of him. Huh? No, not at all. <laughs> anyway, so that would take us to the main event, the Men's Royal Rumble. I got yeah, and I mean, how, how many years they've been doing the Rumble? They finally were able to come up with something new and refreshing. I and mean, yeah. we, we knew this was going to happen with Brock just basically tossing people out left and right. Yeah, I, I mean, I thought maybe a little too long. He eliminated what was it? Uh, Thirteen people. So yeah, tied uh, Kane's record. I think maybe I would have cut trim that down a little bit till ten, but it was something different. But I, I, I was a little upset that uh, John Morrison, who he came back and he is in the same exact slot when he left. He's like, it's like two thousand nine for him. Poor guy. Like I, wish he... I think what I think he's just getting more money, and I think that once Ty Valkyrie, who's his wife, I think once her contract is up over Impact, she's going to come over. Yeah, she, she's great. That'll give the women's division, which is already red hot, a big boost because yeah. she's terrific. But I don't, I don't, I don't see them doing anything with John Morrison. Just he, he is where he was, and it's a shame. Like that, that could have been somebody else. I think that could have been uh, Kurt Hawkins could have came out, or Zach Ryder and got thrown out real quick like that. Like I think that was a little bit of a waste. I didn't mind there, guys. And then uh. When Biggie, or not Biggie, when um, when Braun comes out and then Keith Lee comes out and then they fight each other, I'm like, why wouldn't you fight Brock Lesnar and eliminate him? Because like, uh, I think Keith Lee goes outside and Braun goes out. I'm like, why would you go out to hit him when Braun? Like, I don't know. I mean, it was okay with that elimination, and it was kind of cool to see Keith Lee and Brock Lesnar face off. But I don't know why wouldn't they team up to eliminate him? Well, here even before that, so the Kofi comes out, like, okay, you know, now Kofi's gonna try to get his revenge on Brock, and he's the first one to last. Yeah, full 90 seconds. And then Mysterio comes out, and then Big E comes out, and they're all on the outside because they're all beaten up and not eliminated. The Big E basically rallies them. He's like, come on, let's go. And the three of them get up all at the same time. They get in the ring at the same time. And the place goes nuts. I'm like, that's whoever thought of that. So smart. You put all this heat on Brock throwing people away. Everybody loves the New Day. Rey Mysterio, I don't think he's going to heal a minute in his career. So I'm like, this just makes perfect sense. I'm like, this is great. So then eventually, you know, they get up on Brock. Brock eventually eliminates them. And then, yeah, then Braun comes out and then Keith Lee comes up. But the one thing that I understand, <laughs> I, 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 I totally agree with your point. Like, yeah, why don't we team up on Brock? But even like even the thing that I really raised my eyebrow to was, so Braun comes out and he takes uh, Keith Lee's on the outside. And then he goes to do that gimmick where he's on the outside shoulder blocking people. And even Corey Graves goes, this makes no sense. Yeah. You can't eliminate him by knocking him down on the floor like go after brock yeah that's why i was like what was what's he doing and it's like I, I guess to get his stuff in but i don't know it made, it made no sense what i did like the the when shelton came out and then like they talked about how they were tag team back in the day shelton is almost as big as brock i was like oh my god Push, not only were they attacking they were roommates at the university of minnesota and brock has gone on record saying there was why they were in practice now brock i believe was undefeated all throughout high school and all throughout college but they said when they were in practice that shelton beat him a couple times oh, wow. obviously they were they it was practice so it didn't yeah. count so it's like shelton was the only one that almost kind of handled him now obviously they talk about how back in the day kurt whenever uh brock and kurt angle were on top back like maybe 19 maybe 20 that they would, that Kurt Angle handled Brock a couple times, but that, that, all this stuff was here. So Brock has come out and said, 
no, we were in practice or sometimes that Shelton got the best of me. So I thought that was cool that they played up on that. Yeah, that, that was a cool little thing. I mean, this, Claudio got thrown out real quick. I'm like, oh, but I, it's obviously they have no plans with Claudio Cesaro at all. So, you know, not only that, that Nakam Nora comes out, and I looked at Amber, and I said, I don't, I, the book's right in front of me. The Eggshells book is right in front of me. I could easily look it up. But before they did Wrestle Kingdom, they still always did January 4th shows. They always have a name for it. Mm-hmm. The Spiral, Ultimate Crush, or whatever. I think the last main event from the to- January 4th Tokyo Dome shows before they started calling it Wrestle Kingdom was Nakamura and Lesnar. Oh, wow. I know they main event at the Tokyo Dome on January 4th, and Lesnar refused to put Nakamura over. Mm. He was supposed to because yeah. he was going into the UFC, and he, he wouldn't put Nakamura over. So he beat him in like five minutes. Ugh. So it's like, yeah. oh, here comes Nakamura's revenge. Yeah, he's out. yeah no. <laughs> I, I seen a funny thing today. Nakamura has been, uh, I guess tonight, he'll be uh, Intercontinental Champion for 100 days, and the last time he defended it was sometime in October. And it's like, wow, it's been like 90 days since he defended it. And it's like... It shows how much they care about the secondary titles. It's a shame. Yeah, it is. Hey, at least he's had the belt for that long. <laughs> at least he's on TV every week. Yeah. And then MVP came out, which I'm like, this is all right. I was never a big MVP fan, but when, when Brock was in there, I'm like, well, you know he's getting thrown out. And he had a cool Black Panther's gear, even though I never really cared for MVP's gear with the shorts and the long sleeves. Yeah, that was pretty nifty. And then Ricochet comes out, and he does the high cross body, and Brock catches up for the backbreaker. And Brock, Brock is blowing up because he gives them like the the laziest backbreaker yeah. of all time. I'm like, up oh, there it is. We that's, knew it was gonna happen. That's but probably, I can give Brock credit. He's suplexing and throwing people around for 12 to 15 minutes. That can't be easy. Yeah, he was uh, in there for like I think that's longer than any time he wrestled. Like his whole total time in there was 26 minutes and 24 minutes, or tw- 26 minutes and 24 seconds. So that, that's gotta be longer than his last couple matches combined. I was thoroughly impressed. I thought Brock did a A plus plus job. I thought Heyman on the outside was A plus plus. He busted his ass. I liked the whole gimmick. I thought it brought something completely new and uh, and exciting. And you just kept waiting, like, okay, who's the guy that's going to stop? Like, oh, is it going to be Undertaker? Is it going to be Kane Velasquez? Because when it turned out, I guess you could say it was kind of Keith Lee because he kind of halted it. Yeah. And then Strowman came. No, I'm sorry, it wasn't. It was Ricochet, really. Because Ricochet hit him low, and then McIntyre hit him with a Claymore kick, and then. Yeah, send him place, out and the then staring at Brock, and I was like, "No, they, if they're gonna if, if they're going to push McIntyre for the main event at uh, him and Brock at WrestleMania, he's got to win the Rumble. Yeah, like, if they have Roman winning, they got to call an audible because because that's this is the only like just him staring at Brock and the place going nuts. I'm like, he's got to win the Rumble because now you got to keep more. You know, he could always say, "Oh, well, I came in second, but I eliminated Brock Lesnar." No, if you're going to push into Brock Lesnar, he needs to win the Rumble. Yeah, and uh, for how smart the booking was of the show was right then and there. I was like, nope. Drew McIntyre's winning this Rumble. Yeah, that's why I thought well, as soon as he eliminated, I was like, well, he's got to win now, right? <laughs> I mean, and it was so over, like, yeah. too. So, yeah. I mean, that's one of, one of the, I guess the whole point of, like, they have Brock in there for so long, everyone just, just want to see him get eliminated any way possible. And then when someone finally does, they're, like, super behind him. So I think Drew should, he shouldn't lose for the, until WrestleMania at all and then beat Brock for the title. Like, keep him strong. Now, did you watch Rock? Did you watch Rock? Okay. I, I did not, know. Oh, I actually DVR'd it because I was so intrigued at what they were going to do. So we'll, we'll, we'll finish talking about the Rumble. So, you know, then, of course, obviously, it's I don't think there was any really surprised entrance. Were there MVP? Uh, oh, well, of course, we kind of knew uh, Edge. Yeah. Probably, that was the, the pop in the moment. We, we knew that was going to happen. We weren't sure. Yeah, because it was rumored, but, I mean, even though he said he yeah. wasn't clear or coming back. Or like, But it was still cool to see Edge. He still looks pretty good. He's not as muscular, but he's still in good shape. So it was cool to see Edge in there. And, like, this is where I think John Morrison should be in this half of the Rumble. It's like, they could have switched the Miz and John Morrison around, or Dolph Ziggler and John Morrison. Just give him something. 
And then uh, Matt Riddle came in and got thrown out real quick, apparently because he got in a backstage altercation with uh, Brock or something like that. So that was that was a waste. I'm like, well, if you want to punish the guy, don't put him in the Rumble. You put someone else. Yeah, in. yeah. That 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 will show him. Like, okay, you put him in the Rumble and he gets thrown out. He's still getting paid. And he was on the the show. Why not just not use him? So yeah. I didn't That's like exactly it. what I was going to say. Like, we're going to punish you by putting this in job and in, in job and you out. I'm like, all right, well, you're going to pay me a whole bunch of money for 40 seconds of work. And he got a huge prop when he came out. Yeah, so it's just yeah. like, yeah, oh, you guys showed me. And Matt Rose, one of the guys, like, but he don't care if they fire him tomorrow. AEW is going to sign him or New Japan will. So, and he's one of the guys I just don't think he cares. Like, hey, you want to fire me? Fire me. I don't care. So, anyway, um, he came down to like, uh, what was the, the final four? It was uh, Roman, Seth, no, it was Roman Edge. Um, Drew Randy. and and Randy Orton, yeah. So that was that was your final. So you had a radar RKO and the fourth edge that throws Randy Orton out to set that whole thing, and then it comes down to Roman and Drew, and I was like, ah, Drew's got to get, and then finally Drew or Drew eliminates Roman. Apparently Vince still wanted Roman to win, but I'm like, man, he already won the Rumble, he already met him in WrestleMania against Brock. Why not do something different? Well, here's the, so okay, so going back to a couple minutes ago, so Roman gets a huge pop during the Corbin match. Roman comes out. For the Rumble, kind of gets kind of booed because I think the people knew he was going to win. Like, ah, they didn't want to see it. And then he eliminates Edge, and everybody starts booing. I'm like, you got to call. If they haven't already called the Audible, you got to call the Audible yeah. now. So, uh, yeah, obviously, Drew. And I was like, they, they, they can't be this stupid. And they, they, like, they, by no means did they prove me wrong. So, Drew winds up winning, which I think, not, you know, it's a huge thing for Drew, and it mm-hmm. saves Roman. Because I think Roman then would just would have just got booed for his his whole entire feud between now and the Fiend, which is what I think where they think they're going to go with. So I thought the booking of booking of it was absolutely brilliant. Now, from what I understand, the day of the Rumble, they were had they weren't sure on Shayna and Charlotte, and they weren't and they had Roman going over Drew, and I guess Heyman talked Vince out of it. Like the morning of, he's like, "No, he's like, you got to put Drew over. Like he got to put you, and he wanted it to be Drew." And Alistair Black as the last two. Okay. So Vince was, yeah, so he's just like, look, he's like, if you're going to make the money, they're going to boo Roman, I'm telling you. Yeah. So then Vince, Vince decided, he's like, okay, he's like, I think we're going to go with Drew. And then when Homer got the big pop, he was kind of 50-50 on it. And then obviously limited edge. He's like, oh, Paul was right. So I guess they're giving Heyman a lot more stroke. Hence, you're seeing the push with Alistair Black. And it looks like they're doing, they're going to be doing some sort of feud with Seth Rollins' group group with uh, versus Alistair Black, Kevin Owens, Samoa Joe. So they, they, they threw that in right there towards the end of the Rumble. And they got all the, you know, because they, Joe got eliminated, Owens got eliminated, Alistair Black got eliminated, all three guys that are that are being pushed, all three guys that are over. So then it's like you have all this heat on Seth Rollins, and then you had rated RKO of Roman and Drew McIntyre basically just beat up Seth Rollins and throw him out. My yeah. God, that was that was brilliant. Yeah, that was and he came good. down as number thirty. Yeah, and he had and he had his uh, his cronies with him, uh, Authors of Pain and uh, Buddy Murphy. So I'm glad they didn't get in the ring. Like they, they were like on the outside doing stuff, but they didn't get in the ring. Like, cause I hate when like a guy that's not in the rumble eliminates someone. Like, come on, that shouldn't count. Yeah. So I was intrigued. So Monday I came home from work and I set the DVR to record raw. And I was even thinking, man, I'm booking WWE. <clears throat> By no means do I know more than the writers do. I would have Drew McIntyre come first thing out on the segment. He's like, I'm not wasting time. I'm not mixing words. I, want Brock Lesnar. So, boom, you're set. You have him between January 22nd, 23rd, whatever date the Rumble was, until the 4th of April to build that up. And it's just like how they used to do back in the day, not like two weeks of build. Like, you're going to give it a three, you know, yeah. two and a half, three month build. That's exactly what happened. So then he's like, and I came here for a fight. So then the uh, Guns and Gallows comes out. 
and he basically squashed them. And I'm like, man, as much as I love those guys, makes sense. You're gonna put them over. Yeah. Have them put over. So basically, that's what he did. And then Brock came out and jumped Drew McIntyre and hit him with the F5 and left him laying. I'm like, I thought that was a perfect segment. Yeah, I, 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 that sounds pretty good. That's what I would do. I mean, you still have Drew looking strong, but then you still have Brock looking strong. So that's what I don't have either of them lose. Obviously, Brock's not going to lose. But until WrestleMania, so I'm like, hey, they're both undefeated going to WrestleMania. Who Someone's has, has to lose. And, of course, then you have Drew in the title. Yeah, so I thought that was that was a very well-planned out segment. I think you just keep making Drew looking like – I don't think you give any 50-50 matches. I think every match between now until WrestleMania is 70-30 at the least. Yeah. Give him a couple squashes. Put him in a couple tags. Even if you put him in like a six-man, eight-man, have him get the pin. Have him beat everybody from now until Mania. I don't care if it's a single tag, six, eight-man. You just keep building, yeah. keep building, keep building this guy up. Have him knock so him out to Claymore. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And then Charlotte comes out, and she's you know she points the sign, and she's like, I will decide in a few weeks who I'm going to wrestle. And then Oscar comes out, and they have a really, really kick-ass match. And the finish was Charlotte puts Oscar in the figure eight and Kyrie comes up the top rope with the insane oh, elbow nice. for the DQ. I'm like, it was a really cool visual. Yeah, that's that sounds cool. Yeah, so Raw was really, really good. One of the better Raws to end it with. I'm sure you you had it since all of Oh yeah, yeah. The the edge, 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 you I thought that was a great angle. I thought that was great. Now I thought that they and I think I texted you before I went to bed on Monday, like they gotta do AJ versus Edge because they, you know, they, they had the stare off and Edge speared AJ Styles, and you said no, he's going to go with Randy Orton. And I was like, all right, I understand Randy Orton's the bigger star, but I, the, we we saw this match. Yeah. We saw this match. You know, Vengeance, Vengeance 04 for the Intercontinental Title. They had a banger of a match. I think it ended with Edge beating Randy Orton in a backslide. Mm-hmm. Can't believe I can remember that. Yeah, yeah. So they had a banger <laughs> of a match, but it was like, well, maybe they'll do AJ and Edge on like a backlash or Money in the Bank, where it's like not lost in the shuffle. Because it looks like, I mean, this this card looks stacked. But what I understand, obviously, you have McIntyre and Lesnar up top. Looks like they're going to do Roman and The Fiend, which I have no problem with. Looks like they're going to do Rhea and Charlotte. They're going to do Becky and Shayna. And I think they're going to do Sasha, Sasha, Sasha and Bailey. So it's like, man, you got a banger of a card already. I mean, who knows? I think they're, they're really grooming Strowman to beat Nakamura for the Intercontinental title. They keep building that up. But who's to say they go a different direction and they give us Nakamura versus Brian for the Intercontinental title at WrestleMania? That'd be great, yeah. Because who knows? Who knows what Brian, uh, Daniel Bryan's going to do now? Because he lost the match and, and obviously SmackDown comes on tonight, so there's no storyline ideas yet that we see. And so that'd be I would much rather see that uh, Daniel Bryan versus Nakamura at WrestleMania for the IC belt. But who knows? <laughs> Not going to get my hopes. Yeah. And then what about what? What do you think uh, Kari and Asuka do? For I don't know who would they who would they defend the belts against uh, Beth and Natty. Oh no, that's they... exactly what I was gonna say. Now I know they had that whole deal where they threw Natty threw her out and it's every person for themselves. What if Natty comes out of NXT because Beth does commentary? But look, it's every person for themselves. I will talk to so and so and to make it up to you. Let's get a tag title shot, you know, at WrestleMania, yeah. and they put them in some sort of match. It's like if you beat these teams, you get the tag title shot. That'd be a great match. Yeah, I can see that because I don't know who, unless you just throw two women together. It's not going to be the Iconics, and uh, it's not going to be uh, Marina Shafir and uh, Jessamyn Duke. So, and there's no other tag team, women's tag teams. So, I, I guess that's unless you just don't have them on the show, which would be criminal, but you know, they do stuff like that. Not unless they do say something where it's just like, well, Charlotte's challenging for an NXT title. We're going to put two NXT people to challenge for your title, like no, EO okay. and Candace or something. Yeah, that would be pretty good. I heard EO was hurt, though. Uh, 
She's, I think she hurt her leg somehow or something like that. And then AJ, of course, hurt his shoulder from the edge. Spear. Yeah, they're both out. I think both out like two to four weeks. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. AJ should be back for WrestleMania. I think he was only out a couple weeks too. And then AJ, of course, said it's nothing Edge did. It was just how he took the spear, landed wrong, and messed up his shoulder. And he was actually supposed to stay in the Rumble a little bit longer, and then he went over and told Edge, throw me out because he's hurt. That's smart. Yeah. Why, for, yeah. why yeah. for the injury? Yeah, especially, I mean, especially if you're not the final four. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's why I would have been like, throw me out. But all, all, all no. the, yeah, I was going to say Royal Rumble, but it was, it was a pretty good show. I enjoyed it. Two thumbs up. Thoroughly, thoroughly yeah. enjoyed it. Uh, where do you want to go to next here? Do you want to Wednesday night? Do you wanna, did you watch NWA? you want to go to comics? What's yeah, the next well, I watched NWA. There was only two matches this week. Of course, Ricky Starks won the uh, TV title at the pay-per-view, and he, he wrestled defending against Ziggy Dice. Mainly all promos for the show. And then there was uh, Royce Isaacs. He beat a, a job guy. And, and Andre Gunn, not in any relation to Billy Gunn. He actually spelled it G-U-H-N. So... But it was this whole uh, episode was building up to uh, a sit-down interview between Nick Aldis and Marty Scroll. Like Nick Aldis invited Marty Scroll there, and like the whole interview of the show, Marty Scroll like he's like sitting waiting, he's like where where is he? He's not here. This is this is terrible. He's taking this long, and uh, finally they, they, Nick Aldis gets there, and uh, it, it's a fantastic interview. And basically he's like, you already had a title shot, you can't get another one. And he's like, if you want a title shot, it's gonna be on my uh, my demands. And he says. You want a title shot? Okay. You think you win the title, but if you lose, you have to refund everybody in the audience their money back. And I was like, that's an old school, uh, um, whatever stipulation, but it's pretty cool. So that's that. That's the stipulation for the match, and it's going to be at the uh, the next pay per view, which I, I'm drawing a blank on what it's called right now. Oh, it's the Crockett Cup. So they're going to do the Crockett Cup again because remember last year they did it with ROH. Really? Yeah. yeah. So I don't know if they're doing oh, man. who they're. I'm assuming the ROH people will be there. Um, but they're doing the Crockett Cup, and the main event is uh, Marty Scroll versus Nick Aldis for the world title. And if uh, Marty loses, he has to refund everyone their money back. And they, but it's not going to be at the NWA where they record power. They said it's going to be at a, a different location. And during the interview, Nick Aldis does like a plug. He's like, so if anyone out there wants to put in their bids for the event, let me know. And so it's like they're going to do somewhere else. Because uh, the last Crockett Cup they did somewhere in a arena. I forget where. But it was cool because it looked like an old NWA arena. It was in the NWA Arena. I believe it was in Charlotte. Really? Oh, wow. The main event for last year's Crockett Cup was? Wasn't that, uh, what was it? Nick Aldis versus Cody. The rematch, right? Nick Aldis versus Marty Scroll. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and they did say he said it will mark the one-year uh, anniversary of our match. So. Yeah, I heard it was great. I have not. Yeah, I didn't get to see I it. I have seen it on eBay and Amazon for $30, and I'm like, do I pull the trigger? Do I pull the trigger? Yeah, so 20? I think I'm going yeah. to because my uh, my pay raise and my bonus kicked in this week. So. There you go. I, I heard Marty was uh, bleeding a lot in that match. Oh, in the first one, yeah. yeah. It sounds like Marty Scroll is like basically bringing back the territories because he showed up at New Japan and North Carolina this past week. Yeah, and he challenged uh, Jay White to uh, Jay White. match at a uh, Supercard of Honor, which I'm like, oh, which that card is looking stacked. And is that going to be yeah. on? Uh, is that the pay per view or is that like? That is... might be on ROH World. Yeah. Okay. I wasn't sure if that's which, be... it, which if it is, you'll get a free on fight with a username and password. So oh, okay. if uh, if we're not booked that, I believe it'll be that Saturday. Yeah. If we're not booked that Saturday, I I got you. Okay. You know cool. I mean? that, that's gonna be I a hell of a show. You. Thank you. <laughs> and then and then what, what is the day before the old school ROH versus new ROH? That is, I actually just found out my buddy Mitch uh, Grizzly, Grizzly Grizzly Redwood. Why well, can't talk today? Is actually going to be on that show. That is during anniversary weekend, which is coming up in about three or four weeks. Oh, okay. And that that will probably be. That's not a pay per view, but that'll be on the ROH uh, network. That'll or be on the Honor Club. Yes. Honor Club. So, yeah, the, obviously, the the anniversary show will 
and then the, that one, I believe, is the day before or the day of. They always usually do two of them back-to-back. Oh, cool. So, so ROH starting to turn around a little bit. You know the one match I, I hope happens during that? Uh, PCO versus Necro Butcher. <laughs> Just because that's going to be a spectacle. I don't know if Necro's doing that crazy stuff though anymore. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If he does, if he does a toned down one, like and just throws PCO around, I think that'll be all right. I mean, I don't want to see him, you know, get hit with a weed whack or anything wild like that. But uh, I think that'd be a cool matchup. I want to see Kent and PCO. That's what I want to oh, see. Oh, that, that'd be pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I like I how they, they they uh, the old school ROH uh, Coca Beta. I'm like, well, he's he's both. Come on now. <laughs> gonna come with a copa cabana I, I think that's what i'm gonna do tomorrow's my day is my day off so i think after gym and getting everything else i'm just gonna watch a whole bunch of noah matches from kenta this is a match that him and nagata have if you go on youtube just type in kenta versus nagata it was like 50 minutes we're halfway through they're just like slapping each other nobody's budging i'm like i understand like you don't you're, you know the spot is not to sell that but how are you not at least like flinching like it is pretty yeah. brutal Ooh. yeah good stuff so mm-hmm. um are you done with your NWA? Yeah, yeah, it was good. So you watch anything, watch the, uh, the the sit down interview with Nick Aldis and Marty Scroll. I think they have that separate on other uh, uh, YouTube. But at NWA always always a fun time watching NWA. And, and Sean Mooney came back too. We gotta talk about that. Sean Mooney came back as an announcer. You were talking about NWA. Yeah. Early eighties, early nineties. Yeah. So I mean, that's crazy. And Sean Mooney had a podcast there for with a. Uh, was it him and Hacksaw or something like that? And then it was short-lived. So NWA gave him a job. And he still looks really good. Good for him. Yeah. Do you remember how they remember how they wrote him off TV? No, I, I totally forget. It was like the first or second Monday Night Raw. He was taking time off to go on his honeymoon. And Bobby Heenan brought a camera crew to film his honeymoon. <laughs> and he's and he starts. I don't know how I remember this. So this is like so you're thinking it's gotta be ninety three. Yeah. So I'm eleven years old. That's one perfect right? I remember watching the, yeah. So and he's like, watch this gorilla. Why cause the first commentary team was Gorilla and Heenan. Mm-hmm. He's like, watch this gorilla and he's like, what did you do? You're invading this man's privacy. So like they go in at like one o'clock in the morning. He's like, I know you're up to this brain. That's it. I can't take it anymore. I quit. And then you found out that he was like a broadcaster for like uh, New Jersey, like news team yeah, or something like that. To, like he got another job. I used to watch that news because like Sean Mooney's on the news. It'll come on like ten o'clock. Oh no, I, I forget the channel. It was like W W O O R or something like that, or I I forget. But I'm like Sean Mooney, so it's it's cool to see him come back to wrestling all these years, and he he fits in pretty good in the NWA. Yeah, Tony Schiavone kind of does that because he basically gave up on wrestling. And yeah, then for he years. He turns off with the Georgia Bulldogs, then he did the MLW stuff, and now he. He's killing AEW. Yeah. So, I mean, there's not many people they can bring back. Jesse Ventura, I guess that's about it. Well, I don't know. I mean, he, if he goes somewhere else, obviously him and Vince or don't see eye to eye yeah. with him trying to sue the rights for uh, – he he's trying to get paid for his voice on the network. Yeah. And if you remember, remember the years ago they released a SummerSlam box set and a WrestleMania box set. Mm-hmm. And the first ones that came out, they had to be recalled or something. Because Jesse's voice was on it and he sued Vince. He's just like, I never, how come I'm not paid for those? Mm. So, so I think I, I have the SummerSlam box. It was in a cool, little cooler, remember? That Jesse's on, he's, he's muted. Oh boy, that, that, that sucks. I don't want to watch that. I remember when that came yeah. out, the box looked like a little cooler. I'm like, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I have it in my man cave. I, so I do here. actually, it's in my man cave right next to my <laughs> Jushin Liger mask and my Bret Hart sunglasses. No, that there I you found. go. There you go. So Impact was really good. It's been the best one. It's probably been about a month. They're in Mexico again. Mm-hmm. First match was Josh Alexander, one half of the tag team champions uh, with Ethan Page, the North, versus this guy I've seen a time or two. Now, because they have a working relationship with Triple A. 
the guy, I, it was something the Viking. The guy was really short, like 5'3", five, 5'4". Five, and he had like a whole Viking like suit on. And he was doing crazy like Will Ospreay-esque moves. And they were all time. And everything was really good. Josh Alexander, he's a former amateur wrestler. So he's got that really good uh, base, like mm-hmm. almost as good as Flavio base. Well, nobody has that good base. But yeah. you get what I say. So I got to tell you about this spot. This was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Now, how this arena in Mexico set up is you have the guardrail. You have the first three rows. Then you go up like two or three steps, guardrail, row four, five, and six. Okay? okay? So basically that's how it goes. So Josh Alexander whipped this guy in, and I forget what, again, something is, the Viking is like his, it was like his, his surname. So he whips this guy into the first guardrail. He jumps up on the first guardrail, jumps up on the second guardrail, and moonsaults on a Josh oh, Alexander. Wow. And he never looked back. So that just shows you how much trust there was that like Josh is going to be there to catch him. Like, that's the coolest thing because he literally just jumped on one, held his balance, jumped up three rows on the other one, and then moonsaulted four rows back. Yeah, geez. That's awesome. So that was really cool. So as exciting as that was, the uh, announcement that came after that, I was even more excited to announce, is they're doing a best-of-five series of Michael Elgin versus Eddie Edwards. Oh, that should be pretty good. So they started the, the, they started the first match uh, on, on that show. But then there was, in the middle of the show, there was a three-way for the women's number one contendership. It was Jordan Grace, Kira Hogan, and um, Madison Rain. Okay. And there were some spots that got a little choppy, but they brought it all back together. I think Kira Hogan, with, with some more in-ring work, I think cause she has a lot of she has a lot of talent. She has a lot of personality. I think she's going to be really, really good. But they're clearly uh, grooming Jordan Grace to be the next champion. So she obviously gets the win. So I think at the next pay-per-view, she's probably going to beat Taya Valkyrie for the title. Like I said, I think... That once her contract's up, she's gone to WWE. Uh, yeah, probably. I mean, if John Morrison went, yeah, I could see her going too. And she's good. That's not the. I'm sure that's not the main reason why they're signing her. It's like, well, you know, it's a package deal. She's really, really <coughs> good. She is. You're right. You're yeah, making. I'm fine. So, and then the main event started. And now, whenever they've been doing these Brian Cage, Michael Elgin, Eddie Edwards match, it's always the opening segment. So you know how long it's going to go. And like a month and a half ago, they had a match where it went like 33 minutes. So I checked the thing on the DVR, and it said 143, and it signs off at 201. I'm like, ah. So they got about 14, 15 minutes. It was really, really good. Elgin uh, gets the win. He basically threw a whole bunch. Of, it was basically like the Daniel, old-school Daniel Bryan finisher where he had him in the side mount. Mm-hmm. He threw a bunch of elbows, and he put the cross face on him. But instead of putting it around the eyes, he put it around his throat, and Eddie Edwards passed out. Match was really, really good. I'm like, oh, man, we're going to get four more of these. Yeah, wow, that's pretty cool. So I thought Impact was really good, and then Ace Austin the promo backstage yeah. saying that because he beat Tessa Bl- or he won the tag match last week, where it was him and Ty Valkyrie versus Tessa and Trey Miguel. So he's like, so technically he owns a victory over the world champion. So I think he's going to get a title shot. Yeah, I seen a graphic, Tessa. and then they set that match up. I guess for whatever. I don't know if it's going to be on the weekly television or the next pay per view. Probably weekly TV. Yes. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Because what Tessa needs a few wins before her next big uh, challenger. And now Brian Cage, yeah, was... they're saying he uh, he's going to go to AEW, but apparently he hurt his arm somehow, tore bicep yeah, or something like that. He's been out for six to eight months. Yeah. So that, that sucks for him. I mean, I'm sure he, he'll have work when he comes back, but still, you don't want to be out that long when you know, you're about to go to AEW possibly. Yep. And they said that, uh, so AW's after him, they're after, after uh, Lance Archer, which I'm like, I don't know if he'll get, maybe. I mean, I know he's, he's in pretty good New Japan, and then, of course, Brody Lee, when he his contract. And they have a show that Dynamite's actually in Rochester, which is his hometown, Brody Lee's hometown. So they're saying they might hold off till then, because they, they said he can wrestle for them, like, February 12th or something like that. 
But uh, they might hold off and then have him debut in his hometown. I was like, well, that's kind of smart. But we'll see. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I worked a whole bunch of indies with Brody Lee in Rochester. Really? So he, he came from very humble beginnings, sir. Yeah, the two shows, I think it was like, um, I forget what the name of it, but there was more wrestlers than there was oh, fans. Man, you know, that's, that's and Tony Mamaluke was in the main really? event, oh, and wow. the promoter's like, I can't pay you because there's we don't have enough, so Ugh. I let you do the Tony Mamaluke clinic for free, so I did. Oh, that's cool. But yeah, I'm, I'm happy to see Brody Lee get some work, and now he's actually going to be able to wrestle, and uh, it's going to be a turnaround quite like John Moxley. It's gonna be good, good for him. So I'm, I'm happy. And then he, he, I heard something too where he wants to do, like Moxley, and do uh, AEW and New Japan. I said I'm all for it. Put him in the G1. Yeah, who knows? But going back to the whole thing with Lance Archer, I mean, it kind of goes back to like what happened with Al, jeez, uh, uh, AJ Styles, uh, <laughs> Luke Gallows, and Carl Anderson. It's like eventually, like they'll, you taking those plane rides over to Japan yeah. all the time when you live in the states. Eventually, it's got to take its toll. Especially if you, I don't, I don't know if he's married or if he has a family or anything. Obviously, you knew AJ wasn't long for that world in New Japan, and they used. I tell you what, they they maxed out his minutes, man. Yes. I mean, think about his first his his first his first night, and if you remember, he attacked Okada. Yeah. Valor's last as Valor's last night, he goes and attacks Okada, and then his first match, he beats Okada for the title. Yeah. That's back when for the for the four or five years prior, the only two guys that hold the belt were Tanahashi and Okada, and then it's like, wow, you throw AJ in that mix, man. New Japan, they maxed out AJ's minutes, but you know he wasn't going to be there. Uh, I mean, I think they got him like two, two and a half years. Yeah, because I remember that. he was in two G ones. So, yeah, he was a two-time world champion too. Or yeah, champion, so yeah, still the show. Almost still the show. The Tokyo Dome, Wrestle Kingdom yeah. ten with Nakamura. Yeah, yeah, that was a great yeah. match. So I, I don't know. I can, I could see Lance Archer leaving, but I could also see him staying because he helps him out a lot with the book in the U.S. Uh, New Japan shows. Yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. There's a lot of money to go around. Yeah, good for Speaking him. Of a lot of get that money. What? Good for him. Yeah. Get that money. You know. Speaking a lot of money to go around, it looks like New Japan will not be the wealthiest Japanese wrestling company as, I forget the name of the company, but they brought out DDT and they bought out Pro Wrestling Noah. What I understand, this company has major, major bucks and they're looking to basically kind of go into the free agent market oh, for Pro wow. Wrestling Noah, which is something that doesn't happen a lot in Japanese wrestling. It's kind of a big deal when you see somebody jump ship. Like It was very shocking to me when I saw Kenta in New Japan. You know, yeah. I, I thought he would just go back to Noah because you don't see many jumping of the ship. But I mean, think about it. Sonata jumped from Wrestle One to New Japan. Shingo jumped from Dragon Gate to New Japan. I mean, you think about—I mean, New Japan was trying to get Pac for the longest time, but he stayed in Dragon Gate. So maybe it's a, maybe this is the time now where they need to pick up maybe Hiroki Goto. Uh, you know, I know that I, obviously Suzuki wasn't happy with what happened the last few months. I don't know if that's flown over, but you bring a Minoru Suzuki back. You know, maybe you pick up. Maybe you bring bring back Nagata, you yeah. know, for one last run. I mean, who knows? Yeah, that's crazy. I've, I've seen that the people who bought it too, and they own a couple other things in Japan, but they own Noah, and that's pretty cool because uh, WWE offered to buy Noah, but like J- Japan's very against uh, WWE coming in, and, like starting a NXT Japan, whereas like England, they went in and everyone just like, okay, yeah, we'll just sign with you. So, but not, it's different in Japan. They're very uh, honor and respect, so they're not going to let that. Happened, which is pretty cool. So, no, it didn't sell WWE, but they sold this other company. But they're still going to be around as no one, not NXT Japan. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. So, hey, I hope they do good. Now, here's even something that I, I even popped for more is they made Marifuji the EVP. Really? So he's going to be talent wow. scouting. Yeah. He's going to be talent scouting. So, that means talent scouting all over the world. Obviously, he's built a rapport of himself of not only just a great wrestler, just a great person. 
I'm just a great networker, you know, in the United States, mm-hmm. in North America, in England. So you're going to see a lot of new faces in pro wrestling, Noah, coming in 2020. And I'm thoroughly excited about it. Now, here's something else, too, to think about, too. Is so they're going to be working with DDT. Kenny Omega's AEW contract says he can go work in Japan. And Kenny's working DDT. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, he did that one uh, DDT show. And then he did that other show. Was well, what, what did he tag with Riho? Was that DDT? DDT. Yeah. So, I mean, what if he, what if Kenny show up? No. Oh my God. You never know. Yeah. Now they did. They did say that they are planning in the next five to six years to go back to Budokan Hall, which was like their home base. Okay. Kab- Kenta Kabashi's always said that he would rather wrestle in Budokan than the Tokyo Dome, which to me is just insane. Like he's, you know, they always say the house that Jordan built, the house that person built. Man, if you can say that anybody built Budokan, it'd probably be Kenta Kabashi. So they're saying they plan on going Budokan. And they plan on, and in, in hopefully in five years, going back to the Dome. Oh, wow. That'd be awesome. Yeah. And they, they can do it. They got a lot. I mean, they got, you know, Kiyomiya. They got uh, Kino. Uh, Goshizaki's still young. Obviously, Nakajima's been wrestling for 30 years, but he's still only, he's 29 because he started when <laughs> he was like 11. Um, so it's just like, yeah, they, I mean, it, it, it can be there. It can be there. You bring in some more talent. Like you said, you bring in a Hiroki Goto. Or Zack Saber, somebody that's just not being used. Or are you bringing a Kenny Omega? Yeah, you never know. You never know. Yeah, especially with everything that Mar- uh, everything Marty Scrolls done in the two weeks that he's been Booker in Ring of Honor. It's just like, man, what can Mirafuji do? Especially when he's got that billion dollar budget behind him. Yeah, that's it's, a, it's, ex- it's exciting too. things, and it's gonna it's it's just, it's just going to make New Japan even better because it's gonna make Ghetto. You know, they really haven't had any competition. In Japan, I mean, and they still have just been blowing it out of the water with their wrestling and their angles. They have by no means have gotten lazy, but now they're just going to have to get better. Yeah, definitely. Which which is I think, hey, good for everybody, you know? Yeah, I think they're going to need that relationship then with AEW so then they can bring back a Kenny Omega. They can bring back, you know, the Young Bucks. Yeah, you know, you think it's coming in time. In time. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, let's get into the we, Wednesday we Night Wars. Did you get a chance to watch both shows? No, I only watched AEW, and I, I thought hey, overall AEW was okay. The only thing I seen from NXT was Shotzi Blackheart coming out in that tank, which was pretty cool. No, so what What did you – go ahead, review the AEW show real quick. Okay, so – And the, I'll do the NXT. The uh, – well, let's start, let's start with uh, the Young Bucks versus um, Butcher and the Blade. Which, well, that was pretty cool, and then uh, Kenny comes down, and uh, Hangman comes down, and then – Hold my beer. Yeah, the hold, yeah, hold my, my beer. He does that little spot. He gives uh, Matt, Matt Jackson his beer, does the buckshot right, then picks up his beer, drinks it, and leaves. So I think Hangman's really getting over with this new gimmick, and it's it's cool. I I, I hope that they like everyone thinks oh he's gonna turn on Kenny. What if they he just gets over? They just stays face like you know. But um, yeah, that was that was pretty cool. That match was good. Then there was a the women's match. It was Nyla versus um, uh, who Big Swole. That was that was okay. Then there was um. Was, let me get that the results here because I'm, I'm I'm blanking out here. I'll hold on one second here. Uh, uh, dynamite. Uh, let me get the results. I'm trying to think. Oh, here we go. What? I hate when they do the they do like the the real long results and you have to read a whole paragraph. It's like I just want to see. Yeah, then it was Cody Rhodes did uh defeated Kip Sabian. This match was uh, okay. But he, well, I really like the whole Joey Janela thing. I yeah. like how Joey Janela is completely is putting his past relationship aside with uh, yeah, Penelope Ford to, to get this angle over. Like, good on him. Yeah, I mean, because that takes a lot. I mean, you know, everyone who's been in a relationship and broke up with someone, imagine then having to wrestle 
I would that person and their boyfriend or girlfriend and or whatever situation may be in. Yeah, that would be kind of harder. Um, I I did like when uh, Joey popped up and then they both kissed Joey and they just took off. Like yeah, it was was funny. Yeah, moving him off. That was cool. And then I did like that Cody hit the three consecutive crossroads on Kip Sabian to get the win. And then the Arn Anderson getting kicked out thing that kind of makes no sense. I was like, yeah, I don't know. Because uh, what's her name? Uh, Penelope Ford threw in her shoe, and I'm like, this is that they, they, they didn't need that, but I like the the couple crossroads at the end. That was pretty cool. But I mean, this show it was, it was uh, like I said, it was okay. Kind of felt like the B show because there was a lot of guys that aren't really up yet that were on. Britt Baker came out and she cut her uh, her heel promo, which was a little bit better. I, I fast forward through it because the last week was so cringy, but then yeah. everyone said it was it was pretty good. It, it was much better than last week, but still, like Britt Baker, like hey, she looks great, but like her promos aren't quite at the level and her wrestling isn't quite at the level to be on TV. There's, I mean, I get why you're using her, but there's probably some other girls you could be using that a little bit better. Um, then there was uh, uh, South Philly's Finest. No, they were not there. Um, SCU versus Hybrid 2. This match, I don't know. It's kind of, kind of lost me. It's a little boring, I thought. It's quick. Yeah, SCU beat uh, Hybrid 2. Uh, get back in the title, title contention. Then the main event, Chris Jericho, Santana, Ortiz versus uh, Private Party and Darby Allin. This was not bad. It was pretty good. It was obviously building up for Moxley to come out. Um, and then, of course, I forgot the, the spot where Moxley is beating up uh, Jericho's out with this whole, with the whole, um, with this whole group. And then uh, they get these five other street thugs to come out. And one of them was Cheech from Cheech and Cloudy. And he took the DDT I, from I, uh, I don't think he was one. Of, he wasn't one of the thugs. He was one of the security guards. Oh, yeah, that was right. Yeah, he was a security guard that was in there. But they were all mixed up in the. The fight with uh, Moxley. Sure. So that was pretty cool. But the main event was all right. It kind of made no sense because uh, Darby Allen and Private Party, both uh, faces, but like, they, what, what, what do they have in common? So, But the match wasn't bad. And, of course, uh, Jericho hits the... Uh, the um, Judas. Yeah, Judas Effect. Who did he hit it on? Uh, Marcus Quinn, I think? Yeah, yeah. The, Out of the nowhere, short. too. Yeah, yeah it was nowhere. a point he's like, ah, and he's like twitching. So so a, a good little main event. Um, but the and show... Another example, just like on the sixth man on the boat from last week, of Jericho putting these young guys over. Yeah. Every, uh, the two guys from Private Party and Darby Allen got a lot on Chris Jericho. Oh, yeah. And I was like, all right, Jericho's obviously going to get the win here as well as he should. But he made all three of these guys look better and look better than they already do in the elevator of their game. I mean, Chris Jericho's just so smart. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's why he said, like, even on his podcast, I was like, I want to work with everybody here. And I was like, Man, yeah, it, it benefits them. You were at Wrestle with Chris Jericho. Like, that's great experience and great exposure. Yeah. And then Moxie came out with a baseball bat and he, uh, you know, the drive off the inner circle to help build their feud that's going to be at resolution or their world title match, which I, I'm thinking Moxley wins the title there. No, <laughs> no. Like, really? You got to keep it on Jericho until Kenny. Yeah, until he, until he, they're, they're, they're breaking Kenny down and they're going to build him back up. I think Jericho's like, got to be champion for at least 16 months. Like, I don't know what to, like Kenny right now, he's kind of just like, he's there, but he's like, he doesn't have like a clearer path, really. Oh, I mean, Kenny won't win until champ, maybe yeah. Yeah, he won't win until maybe the end of this year. So they got plenty of time to build it back up. That's my guy. I could be I could be dead wrong. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? You know, someone might get hot. They might put on Darby Allen. You never know. But uh, it, it, all in all, I thought it was it was an okay uh, episode of Dynamite. But I, it did win in the ratings. I, I don't have them offhand, yeah. but I seen that they they did get a the, they won the yeah it was like eight eight five to like seven three. So yeah. they won, but not by much. Uh, I'll say this as far since they've been going head to head. This was the worst combined of the two. By no means are they bad shows like B, mm-hmm. B plus, where it's just like usually they're like A, A plus, A minus, or one's like an A, one's a B plus. And like the, by far the best match between the two shows was the main event at NXT, which was the finals of the Dusty Cup. So it was the show, it was Pete Dunn and Matt Riddle, the Broser Waits versus the uh, Grizzled Young Vets. The match, the match was great. The, the match was great. Again, it, 
I did tell you if you're going to watch any match from this past weekend that you haven't seen, watch the DIY tag match. This match is like a sliver, sliver and a half underneath that one. I mean, this one, uh-huh. this one is almost as good. It's so good. And, and, and I thought that uh, Zach Gibson and James Drake would win because they're really young vets, but uh, no, they give the bros away. So I, I kind of like how that every, it seems like I think almost all the Dusty Classics have been won by two guys that are thrown together. It's like, eh. But, yeah, yeah, Joe, well, the first one was Joe and Balor, mm-hmm. and Authors of Pain. Last year was Ricochet and Alistair yeah. Black. So, yeah, I mean, this it's crazy because it, this is the only the third match that these guys have had on TV. And it's just like every, it, the, the three best matches of the Dusty Cup are all the matches with them. Yeah. So. so. And then they did a contract signing. Adam Cole basically had an open open challenge. Tommaso Ciampa comes out. Champa gets to go in the ring. Adam Cole hits him with a clipboard and busts him open really? hard way. Oh, wow. So Tommaso Champa being, you know, being the professional he is, he puts Cole through the table and he's bleeding. He's just, it's not like a gusher, but he's bald. It's coming down and he's yeah. sweating. So it's coming down pretty good. So he goes to the contract and he goes goes to sign it. And, it, and the crowd starts chanting, sign with your blood. So he grabs it. So he basically just like wipes his hand and puts it on the contract and pulls up on the hard camera. And I was like, clearly, like, that was not planned. Yeah, that's awesome. And it just made it so much cooler. Yeah, that's cool. I have to watch it. And they did a number one contenders for Keith Lee's uh, North American title. It was Jonathan Dijak versus uh, Damian Priest. I know you're not a fan of Damian Priest, but he gets better every week. I think he's incredible. This match was great. So uh, Dijak wins. So the the TakeOver Portland show is going to be Cole versus Champa on top. Dijak mm-hmm. versus Keith Lee, which we've seen yeah, a dozen times, times yeah. before. And I never get tired of seeing it. Since it's going to be a TakeOver, maybe they're going to let them do the match they did at Battle of Los Angeles two years ago, which is crazy insane. Uh, Rhea Ripley and uh, Bianca Belair, like we talked about, they did a good job building Bianca up. And I think that's where Charlotte's going to come out and then challenge mm-hmm. uh, Rhea. Uh, Rhea at... WrestleMania special challenge match Champa I'm sorry not Champa uh, Gargano versus Balor and then Red Dragon versus Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne so that's a stack stack show yeah that should be good the takeovers are always good shows yeah this one I'm really pumped I think it's next is it next Saturday is it wow already coming up I could be wrong I mean the card's already set so I'll look it up. I'll look it up real quick. Is there anything you want to talk about wrestling? We kind of went on a long time there. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to talk about wrestling before we get into uh, some comic talk? No, I think that's about it. Take over Portland. Okay. Yeah, I, say, I don't know when the takeover is. When it's February sixteenth. Oh, okay. Yeah. So two or three weeks. Oh, it's going to be on a Sunday. Is it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Cause makes, I, yeah. makes sense. 15 is Saturday, yeah. How about that? Oh, and I'm off that day because I have my nephew's birthday party. There you go. Oh, but what a, what a day. Then we got wrestling the day before. Well, why not? And, you the day be... before, and the day before, that's Valentine's Day. Yeah. I got a pet. What a week. <laughs> yeah, if you're going to have a, a NXT takeover with no WWE paper, you might as well put it Saturday. Makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. All right, so let's get into some comic top. And then we uh, we'll wrap this baby up in a little yeah. bit. Yeah. So I, I didn't get my books this week. So I only read two books from the previous week. I read the Valkyrie issue seven, which was the the whole uh, all the doctors that were getting together to cure death. I thought this issue was wasn't so hot. It, it was still good, but like uh, I, I guess this is gonna be the last one with Al Ewing. Or yeah. Really? Yeah. I forget who's. I think it says in the back that 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 Cafu artist is coming back, or maybe it's. I forget though. As, as when you're talking, I'll open it up and look. But it it was it was all right. I gave this one like a B. I liked it, but not as much as uh, the past issue. And then I read I read uh, Captain Marvel uh, issue fourteen, and that's where she's uh, 
telling Thor and Iron Man that they're like in that pocket dimension that she's killing clones of them to trick Vox, uh, what's his name, Vox Superior, Vox Supreme, into uh, thinking that she's actually killing them. And then like uh, Iron Man's naked. He's like, Carol, do you have to hold me like that? <laughs> and he's, like, <laughs> he's like looking at his own ass. He's like, yes, I have to. So it was pretty cool. Like, Thor's like, but we're stuck here in this world. We don't even have any board games to play. And then at the end, uh, she fights. Uh, she Hulk comes to get her. She's like, "I'm not ready for She Hulk," and she gets punched. So it's like that's next issue. But it was a pretty good issue. I, I give that one a give that one a solid A. And that's all I really got a chance to read. I didn't get my books from uh, this weekend. I know some good stuff. I think Thor two came out, did it not? Sure did. Yeah. So that's I really enjoyed the first issue of Thor. So you can start. And I'm gonna open up Valkyrie here and see who the new uh, co writer is. Sure. I will actually lead with Thor because it was almost my book of the week. It was very close. Thor. A plus, I won't, you know, I'm not going to ruin it for you. Basically, Harrow Thor does not want to play nice with Galactus. That's all I'm going to say. Mm. So the art is really popping on this. And Nick Klein, I don't, I'm sure I've, I've had books with his art in it, but I think he works really well with Donnie Cates. So that was an A plus. There's a lot of solid grades. Uh, Avengers, A. It's basically the birth of female star brand. So I was like, you know, when they were building this up, I'm like, ah, I really don't care for it. Yeah. It's like, well, it's something new. You know, they, they've done so much with the Avengers over the last 50 years. So making, doing something with Starbrand, then you find out that when the baby is born, that it is a female. And they're basically like, we got to find a way to kind of get it off Earth. And the art on this just actually really pops. Mm. Captain America. This was just a B for me. It's just this one's kind of close to be on the chopping block. Cap gives the public a, a motivation speech. It almost kind of <laughs> reminded me a little bit. It was cool because it was like a really good motivational speech. It almost reminded me of an Endgame where he where um, he gives the motivational speech and he, and Rocket looks over at uh, Paul Rudd, Ant Man. He's like, boy, he's really good at this, right? And then Paul yeah. Rudd's like, yeah, I know, isn't it? Yeah. And then it's just a montage of the last eight pages of him just like stopping this, beating this guy up, saving a cat off a tree, saving a burning building. I'm like, wow, this is really lazy writing. Yeah. Uh, X-Men, solid A. Uh, Serafina goes to Ecuador to find the Sentinel Temple. Cyclops realizes all the bad stuff he's done in his past life is going to come and bite him on the ass, and they tease a team up with Wolverine and X-23 somewhere down the line. Mm-hmm. And if I know Jonathan Hickman's, slow burn storytelling that that's going to get paid off somewhere so who doesn't want to see x-23 and wolverine like go back to back and like chopping up sentinels or something yeah definitely flash i know you're still reading this a plus barry finally gets the speed force under control as the turtle storyline i think that's when you started jumped in yeah finally pays off in a big way so you're really gonna like this that's when you jumped in you're like who's the turtle yeah uh so they basically pay that and i thought oh my god did joshua williamson end this and i just forget about like no he basically put on hold and he, uh, he he basically kind of ends it or brings it back up in a big way. I don't want to ruin it for you, but that was an A+. Mm, nice. So a lot of A-pluses, however, my book of the week, Star Wars. Mm. The Rebels are on their way to get Han from Jabba. So, again, this takes place right after Empire. And and Lando is basically tr- pleading his case to Luke, to Luke and Leia that they can trust him. Obviously, in the movie, he sold, you know, basically sold Han out uh, for Vader. He had no choice. And Luke is still being haunted and conflicted over Vader's choice to join him at the dark side. He's still here. He still keeps having flashbacks of his hand getting cut off and Vader giving him his hand. So it's just like, man, I just feel like an eight-year-old kid watching Empire again with like all, all these kind of like behind-the-scene extra stuff. So yeah. uh, that's really good. Charles Soule, always just a fantastic writer. So Star Wars barely beats out Thor for my book of the week. Oh, cool. And 
they and that's that's the new they renumbered it right it's like that was two. issue number two sir yes okay so i i i'm in the back of uh valkyrie and tells you the new the new writer and the new writer has a hell of a name here so al, al ewing is is finished writing because al ewing is going to do uh both immortal hulk and guardians of the galaxy and the new writer's name is Toron Gronbeck, who is apparently a Norwegian writer. I don't know if it's a. It's actually a that girl. sounds like somebody that they bring in in '85 for Hogan to be. Yeah, yeah, Toron Gronbeck from the Mongolia, but uh, yeah, apparently her name translates to to love Thor. So hey, you can't get a better. I love writer. Thor. Yeah. So and then the the artist that was on the first uh, six issues is going to be our five issues is going to be back, and uh, Jason Aaron will still be co-writing. So. Still gonna get uh, Valkyrie, and then the next issue of Valkyrie, she fights Thor because that's what they're teasing on the last page. How about that? Yeah. I, I was looking around. There's not really any comic news at all. It's kind of a kind of a, a slow time for comic news, really. I didn't I didn't see anything that uh, I know. Flash, what seven fifty is coming? Oh, what is it at? Is it six fifty? I know. What one was seven fifty? Yeah, six fifty. Yeah, six fifty. That comes out and soon, so that that's like the new DC news. But other than that, I didn't really see anything like that's uh nothing. I, I know they they said that Scott Snyder teased his uh he's not done at DC, but he's uh, a big final conclusion to all he's done at DC in the past decade. And it said no, he's not leaving the publisher, but he intends to mark the big end of a end of a big chapter for him. So it's like well, okay. But uh, Scott Snyder's uh, Justice League run kind of a little bit of a letdown. So that's not really much comic news. So. This week, well, we we had a bunch of wrestling news. So the DC CW shows, real quick, they did obviously because everything's all on one Earth, but somehow like a couple people survived the Earth to get onto this Earth, which I, to me doesn't make any sense. Did you ever watch a single episode of Supergirl when it first came out? I watched uh, the first season and then half of the second season. Okay, so you know, remember when he was basically was like the intel. Okay. Yeah. Um, he was he's the nerdy guy. He had a big crush on Kara. Yeah, yeah. So he had to go away. Now I don't know if you got into the. It might have been the first season. His dad is Toy Man. Okay. Did, did I, don't, I don't know if they revealed that on, on the first season or the second. Season. So basically, he comes back, and then he is he's evil. He's the new Toy Man. Oh. So then it turns out that that's actually Win from a different Earth. So the real Win he comes back and he's like no. So now there's two. One's evil. One's good. Fast forward to, not fast forward, but on Batwoman, the girl that's Alice, a.k.a. Beth, uh, Kate Kane's sister, there's a good a good Beth, and well, there's a Beth and now, so there's a good version and an evil version. So I was like, I kind of just recycled the same thing. It was a cool concept, but it was just like, eh. I was like, again, what, you got to tone it down. Yeah. Like, what are you just at this giant event? Like, you know, you got to kind of bring it down to bring it back up. So both of them were pretty good shows. The final Arrow came on. Uh, on Wednesday or Thursday, whenever it was, I got through like the first three or four minutes, and I was like, "Ah, this is something Amber's gonna want to watch with me." So I didn't watch it. So hopefully, I'll have a report on that. From what I understand, it's probably just like Ollie's funeral, and then kind of like almost like just like an hour long like thank you to Oliver Queen, aka Steve Amell, who's basically the Tony Stark of this this universe. I mean, yeah. he basically started off with him, and it was just he just a complete bang. And even the last couple seasons, when some of the writing was bad, his performance was out where I was always really good. So. Yeah, hey, I, I feel all fire after season. Well, season five. Season five. I got you. Yeah, that was kind of tough, and there were maybe like one or two good episodes, but anytime Steve Amell was doing anything, it was always, he always made it worthwhile. So, mm-hmm. so it was a perfect time to end the show. And no new Flash. And I think that's really about it. Yeah, I, I haven't watched any Sabrina just because I've had a busy week, so I didn't catch up on that. I watched one episode. <laughs> I'll, get, I'll get it in. 
eventually. Well, there you go. Well, I mean, I guess is there anything to talk about? You ready to wrap this baby? Yeah, up? Yeah, I'm ready to wrap it up because that's about it. We, we're heavy right, on so... uh, wrestling this week, but maybe next week we'll be heavy on comics. So. Yeah, we'll try. Yeah, we will try, guys. Uh, I, top five uh, partner as always. This is your segment, so who wants to go first? Okay, I got a, a little wacky one here. So go ahead. So they they did say that that the, the the leader of the Dark Order, the Exalted One, was supposed to be Marty Scroll, and now it's rumored that it might be. Brody Lee, which I hope not, and then we think it's a broken mat. So if you had to pick five people from any time in wrestling to be the leader of this group, that's kind of not so good, but might be good. But who who would you pick? Kevin Sullivan. Oh, that's a good one. Abdul the Butcher. Ooh. Gary Hart. Oh, that's a, that's, a, that's a real good one. The Great Muda. Oh. And just because. Minoru Suzuki. Oh, wait, how about that? Wouldn't that you, be you something? Can, you can make that an answer for anything. What's your favorite soda? Minoru he, Suzuki. He, he come, <laughs> yeah, he takes off the hood or whatever, and it's like, oh, it's Suzuki. Well, okay. <laughs> so, my, I would obviously pick a Broken Mat. I think that would just, I think that's the best way to go, and probably probably the way they they will go. But, I mean, if they went to go wacky, what if they were to take off the thing and it was La Parca? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I throw him there just because the, the, the mask. G- the gambler. Yeah, the gambler. <laughs> oh, God. And then when I think more about it, I'm going to have to go get Kevin Sullivan because that's, I didn't even think of that. That's so good. And then I'll go with Paul Bearer if if possible. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then uh, finally, who's, who's a good? Um, Don't say Vince McMahon. No, Don't say Vince no, McMahon. God, the higher power, uh, Christopher Daniels. Remember Christopher Daniels was rumored to be the higher power? And I, Oh, really? Yeah, they, they said he was rumored to be the higher power. That one of the... Um, the choices they have, but I don't think that would have been good for him because nobody knew him in WWE at the time. I mean, he was an indie guy. I think maybe he was on. Yeah, he wasn't even in WCW yet. So like that was. He was been... on like the last two Nitros yeah. before they got sold. And I yeah. think the higher powers before that. So that was like, it, I would have been a flop. So I'm glad they didn't go with Christopher Daniels. And then I'll, last but not least, I'll, I'll go with the Undertaker. <laughs> there you go. There you go. My five and do something a little different again this week. Give me your top five all-time favorite Mortal Kombat characters. No, oh. it could be D- it could be DLC. It could be anything that was in any of the games. Okay, I'll stick to the actual the MK universe people. So Raiden, Katana, uh, Sonya, Sonya Blade. That is. Um, then we'll go with uh, Scorpion and, and then finally Sindel. I'm thinking the people I really like to play as. I can go with Shang Tsung because oh, that was my yeah. guy in Mortal Kombat 2 because I knew how to transform. I, okay, knew, yeah. I studied, I had two different strategy guides for Mortal Kombat 2, which made no sense because it was like the same thing. But I knew everybody's moveset. So saying Shang Tsung, Liu Kang, okay. uh, Scorpion, Sub-Zero, and even though I never played as him before... I'm going to say Arnold as the Terminator. <laughs> I, I Terminator, want to play. I know, Arnold has the Terminator. I picked up uh, Mortal Kombat 11 because it was like $20. But I, I, you have to get him because he's DLC. I was I was going to hold off and get the gold version with all the characters in it, which I might eventually. But it was 20 bucks, So but I, I want to play Arnold as Terminator because that, that has to be good. Now, let me ask you this. Ever since they came on the next generation consoles, I think there's been like two or three Mortal Kombat. Mm-hmm. They did. Well, they've done horror villains. They've yeah, done Freddy, Freddy, Jason, and Michael Myers. Am it, I right there? I... I know, I know it was definitely Freddy and Jason. The Predator was in one, and Alien was in one. And now have you played as Freddy? Like I'm talking about the slasher. Have you been able? Have you played as Freddy or Jason? I, play, I played as Freddy because that was the first. So that was Mortal Kombat nine. Nine. And uh, that one was weird. They 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 gave him a glove on both hands for some reason. I guess to balance the character. But like there's characters that have different items on each hand. So I don't know why they gave him both gloves. He was all right, and he had like very horror themed like fatalities where like he take you to Nightmare Hell World and kill you like that. But he wasn't bad. 
but um, I did not play as Jason. And I, I'm trying to think who else there was. I know Joker was one one of the games, and I, I want to say was Spawn in it, or was that a rumor? Or was it? That was a rumor. I mean, yeah, that never Spawn happened. I remember yeah. kept telling you. Yeah. Now, yeah, now I know in nine they did, somebody told me they there's a storyline that they do explain why Freddy has two gloves. Mm. The, now I got Mortal Kombat nine, and I, I stopped playing after Mortal Kombat three because it just got too crazy. Yeah. But I got nine just because Kratos was in it on the PlayStation. Oh, version. okay, yeah. And nine, nine was fun. I think if you beat it, and I did beat it with Freddy just to see what his ending was, but it's so long ago I forgot. I'm, I'm actually click on the Wikipedia real quick just to see who the the DLC. And they said the Ash was rumored for the new game, but. Let's see here. Uh, combat pack. Jason Voorhees, Predator. Yeah. So yeah, they're in uh, Mortal Kombat Nine, and then Nine. Also, also in the Nine was the Alien, just an Alien from Aliens. Leatherface, which I've never played as him, and then Goro was in it. So that's wow. And plays. That's all in Mortal Kombat Nine. So I'm gonna click on Ten here and see what the. Of course, we know what the current game is. Is is Arnold or T1? T eight hundred is that his, or T seven hundred? What is it's it? A, it's a, it's Arnold. Every character he's in is Arnold. Yeah, that's what it is. Even though like Detective John Kimball, no, you're Arnold. Yeah, Arnold. I think, I think what <laughs> you think Arnold. play him is T eight hundred or whatever his Terminator name was. Okay, so here's the the combat pack for for nine was Spawn was in nine or ten. Spawn and the Terminator were in ten. How about that? Yeah. Sindel, Shang Tsung, Nightwolf, the Joker. Or is this eleven? Oh, that's eleven. Sorry, I clicked on eleven. So Spawn is in eleven. Wow, and I want. I really want to play it now. <laughs> Spawn and Terminator. I want to play Spawn and Terminator first. There's a bunch there of go. crazy characters. I don't. Garrus, no idea. Uh, collector, <laughs> not, not to be confused with the Guardians of the Galaxy collector. Uh, there's some people I don't know. And then of course there's Sub Zero, Sonya, Shao Khan. He's he's a playable character. Baraka. Mm-hmm. So, I have to play it. I have it. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Well, I guess let's do our plugs. I'll do my plugs, and then we can do. I'll get tagged in for the big plug. So obviously, guys, you want to get a hold of me on the Instagram or the Twitter or site. Search uh, Matt Turner. If you guys are looking for some fantastic supplements, go over to five percentnutrition.com. You can pick up keto cookies. You can pick up BCAAs. You can pick up carbs. You can pick up proteins, pre workouts, uh, and then under the uh, whatever you pick, then just type M Turner under the uh, code. Save yourself some money on the back end. Andy Hatter, why don't you tell people where they can buy fancy shirts ProWrestlingTees.com, where you can get shirts for everybody in the world now. Yeah, go to ProWrestlingTees.com, and you can get yourself the sweet uh, X-Men spoof blue and gold shirt right there, and then it'll ship it worldwide, I believe. So, and the podcast. And the yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, the I, forgot, I forgot that one. Yeah, there's a Call in the Power Ring uh, shirt there, graphic made by myself, so you can get that also on Pro Wrestling Tees, and we'll have more shirts to come in time. And then if you want to find me on Facebook or Instagram, just type in Andy Hatter, and I'll come right up. And you can uh, talk to me about whatever your heart desires. <laughs> so, Except for country music. Yeah, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> and and uh, I don't really want to talk about sports either. So <laughs> there's a lot of things I don't want to talk about. But anyway, that's where you can find me. And Pro Wrestling Tees, you can find our sweet, sweet T-shirts and go in there and order them. And uh, I guess they have sizes from small to 4X, I think. So they have all your sizes yep. covered. You know what's really cool? And you know me, I like the, I, the little things I pop on when I was submitting the T-shirt designs. It says what store do you want to send this to? So I, you know, it's obviously under Team Blue and Gold. So I pressed the T. Mm-hmm. So all the T's came up, and guess what was the first T? I, I don't know, Mister T. Tanahashi. Oh, Tanahashi. Tanahashi. Nice. <laughs> they put him in our store. We'll take that. Yeah, absolutely. We'll take some of that Ace money. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> anyway, I guess that's about it for episode eighty-seven. How about it? Eighty-seven. And until next week, I got nothing creative to say, but it's uh. It's going to be February, so Valentine's Day is coming. Eat juju hearts because they're delicious. See you next time. <laughs> <laughs>